1: The birds are quiet Falling angel in the snow We walk right by it
2: listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. You're listening to Midnight Mass, an original Christmas song by the Cincinnati group Blossom Hall. Blossom Hall is our featured Ohio musical artist this week, so stick around to the end of the podcast so we can tell you a little bit more about them, let you hear the rest of that song. But right now, stoke that campfire. We've got a new Ohio mystery to share. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with me is our researcher and storyteller, Paula Schleiss, whose journalism career included some 30 years at the Akron Beacon Journal.
3: Hi, everyone.
2: So, folks, tonight is our last full episode of 2019. We'll have a new 10-minute mystery on Wednesday. Then, we'll be taking a holiday break and be back with brand new mysteries starting January 5th. Paula, this is probably a good time to give our heartfelt Thanks to all of our Patreon and PayPal supporters who have helped us keep this program going. Absolutely. Steve and I think of our Patreon family as our partners
3: in this endeavor. So thank you to our newest Patreon partner, Dolores, and our faithful monthly supporters, Mary Beth, Vicki, Molly, Amanda, Lisa, Barbie, Wendy, Justin, Mickey, Michael, Jane, Jana, Linda, Kim, and Tootie. I sound like the romper room lady again. (laughs) You
2: do. (laughs) I see David. I see David. (laughs) So, what have you got for us tonight, Paula?
3: Well, tonight's story is about a double homicide that has gone unsolved for nearly 30 years. And it's one made perhaps more frustrating than average, because within days, police had a strong suspect but they apparently never had enough evidence to back up their suspicions, and the result is that lingering question of whether a known man had gotten away with murder or if just too much time was wasted looking at the wrong person. I'm talking about the brutal 1991 slangs of Howard and Margaret Hood of New Franklin, Ohio. Back then, New Franklin was still Franklin Township, a suburb along the southern border of Summit County, most notable for containing a large portion of Portage Lakes State Park. In 1991, Howard and Margaret Hood, both in their 60s and a month from their 45th wedding anniversary, were settled into a split-level home on North Crest Drive. The couple had raised three daughters, Nancy, Sandy, and Sherry, in nearby Barberton, then moved to New Franklin in the 1970s. Howard was a retired tire worker who still worked part time as a driving instructor with the Heights Driving School in Fairlawn. That is, when he wasn't fishing. Margaret loved shopping and playing bingo. And when they could, the pair loved to travel. The Friday evening of May 31, they went to the home of their daughter Nancy to play cards with family, and afterward, the Hoods navigated the roads through a rainstorm to return home by 11 p.m. The couple prepared for bed. Margaret put on her nightgown and phoned her youngest daughter. But by 12.30 a.m., a killer had made his move. Howard was caught in the kitchen. His throat slashed, collapsing onto the kitchen floor. Margaret was stabbed 24 times. I can only imagine the inner strength she had to call on because she crawled from the house, clutching her purse and car keys to reach the lawn of her neighbor. They heard her calling for help from their bedroom window, but help came too late. Margaret died in the ambulance en route to the hospital. The motive for the murders was unclear. They weren't the kind of people to make enemies. Howard's wallet and some of Margaret's Hummel figurines were missing from the home, but that's all a petty amount for a double homicide. Margaret's wedding ring lay untouched on the kitchen counter. Franklin Township Police Chief Dan Davidson told a reporter that if cases like this one aren't solved within 72 hours, then they become very hard to solve at all. And so it seemed particularly good news when police quickly identified a person of interest. They questioned a man from Barberton, a 32-year-old house painter who not only had done some work for the Hoods, but was living with the Hood's 41-year-old daughter, Sandy Paymer, a few miles away. Police searched the Paymer home and asked her and her 17-year-old son to take a lie detector test. They both passed and were cleared by police quickly. But detectives were less quick to dismiss the house guest. For one thing, that Barberton house painter had earlier been questioned in two other unsolved slayings. Ted Hoddenshield was the 27-year-old manager of the Wonder Bar in Barberton when he was killed in 1987. He was found dead lying behind a pool table by an employee when she arrived for work.
2: Did they say
3: how he died? Yes, he had been stabbed to death. The weapon had been a knife. And a year later, in October of 1988, 29-year-old Dillard Brian McDonald was found dead by an East Ohio gas company, Meter Reader, in a wooded area of Norton, about two weeks after his parents had reported him missing. And again, a knife was a weapon. In both of those cases, police found reason to speak to the house painter. He knew both of them. Little more than a week after the hoods were killed, that house painter was in custody. But not for murder. He was charged with felonious assault for attacking a former girlfriend that May 26th at the Dutch Cafe in Barberton. The woman told police he had tried to choke her during a struggle. She was treated at the hospital for bruises, abrasions, and a broken nose. The house painter was found guilty in that case and sentenced to 7 to 20 years in prison. But he denied connection to any of those murders and was never charged in any of them. As the investigation in the Hood case dragged on, the family decided to turn to a nationally known psychic named Noreen Renier from Lakeland, Florida. The police even agreed to pay half of the $2,000 fee. In August of 1991, that's about three months after the murders, Renier met with police from New Franklin and detectives from the Summit County Sheriff's Office in the Hood home for more than seven hours. Renier practiced psychometry, which involves holding an object belonging to a homicide victim, which transports her into the viewpoint of either a victim or a killer. Interesting. Yeah, it is. Well, get this. She brought a sketch artist with her, and from within the home, she described the vision of a man with a mustache, that he was drinking or on drugs, and that his intent that night was to kill. Police also showed her a dozen photographs of suspects, and she pointed to one or two of them, although officials, understandably, never revealed who she pointed to. But Renier also told police the homicide weapon had been hidden, and she described a location where they would find it. After meeting with a psychic, New Franklin police used her information and found a knife that belonged to the house painter. Now, police didn't reveal more details about how that all happened, but they did credit her with helping them locate it.
2: So they never came out and said, this is the exact knife, because I could say that I have a psychic feeling that there's a knife that belongs to you. In your kitchen right now. You know what I mean? Yeah,
3: I know what you mean. And unfortunately, while they did find a knife that they were able to connect to the house painter, forensic tests failed to connect that knife to the slaying of the hoods or okay. anyone else. So, but the police were understandably impressed with her directions. They even appeared on a TV show with her to talk about how that had all happened. Renier wasn't the only person having visions related to this case, by the way. Howard Hood's brother, Don, said he had dreamed of a blonde man on the back of a garbage truck and a certain style of license plate. Don Hood said after that dream, he went to a local trash department, found that same vehicle and license plate and a blonde employee. Now he shared this find with police, but police determined the man and the vehicle had no connection to the case. That didn't stop Don Hood from obsessing about the case. Family members said he called Franklin Township Police or the Summit County Sheriff's Office almost daily looking for updates and came up with all kinds of theories about what might have happened. Don Hood died in 1995. That was four years. After the murder of his brother, and even though he wasn't entirely well, he had heart surgery after his brother was killed, Family said they were certain his agony over his brother's and sister-in-law's murder no contributed to his death. Yeah. On the fifth anniversary of that slaying, family members talked to an Akron Beacon Journal reporter about the toll it had taken on all of them. In addition to losing Don Hood... A grieving sister-in-law had a stroke just a couple of weeks after the Hood's funeral. And with a killer still on the loose, and possibly somebody who knew them, even five years later, frightened relatives had bars on their windows and extra locks on their doors. There were also those more intangible losses. The Hood's youngest daughter, Sherry, told a reporter her children had been robbed of their grandparents. She said... My son still sleeps with my dad's pillow. They were the best buddies. The years have passed, but the Hoods have never been forgotten. Every May 31st, family members gather at Howard and Margaret Hood's gravesite at Green Lawn Memorial Cemetery in Akron. On the 20th anniversary of their deaths, son-in-law Bill Shoemaker told a reporter, you know what happened. You know nothing's going to change, but you visit and say we're thinking of you. By the way, that house painter finished serving his time in that assault case. He returned to the area and landed a job as a car salesman. He died in 2014 at the age of 55, according to his obituary of a heart condition. Police do have clues in this case. Three ring binders are stuffed with reports and a cardboard box holds all kinds of evidence. The media has reported that the police collected DNA from underneath Margaret's fingernails. But if technology can solve this one, it hasn't happened yet. Anyone with information is encouraged to call New Franklin Police at
2: 330-882-3281. Well, let's bring tonight's armchair detective on board.
0: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
3: Well, tonight we have Beth Reinhart from Norton, Ohio. Hi, Beth. Hi. How are you, Paula? Oh, we're doing great. Hey, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, my name is Beth, and I live in Norton with my husband and our two sons who think I'm absolutely so strange because I love to read about and watch Unsolved Mysteries, anything to do with true crime, um, unsolved cold cases. Uh, so, Yeah.
3: So they must think uh, Steve and I are really strange because we spend Probably, way okay. too many hours a week on this. <laughs> Beth, are there any uh, murders in your past that have kind of, especially unsolved, that have kind of like weighed on you?
1: Yes, when I was in seventh grade, there was a a murder of two young girls who were on Seventy Seven South and a rock. Um, hit their windshield, and they pulled over to get some help, and somebody, um, this this man was going to help them, and then ended up raping and murdering them, and it really hit home with me because it was so close, and um, I, I think that's how it all started.
3: Oh, I remember that case yeah. so well. That was so chilling. Yeah. It was actually the guy who threw the rock to get them to stop is the one who ended up killing them and oh that i've never forgotten that one yeah. ha, do you remember this case about the hoods
1: uh you know what is funny in 1991 that was the year i graduated and i think i graduated like the, on may 30th um so i don't remember it so, which was weird because i do like to remember you know when something is a big story yeah but yes i i did not i i don't remember it
3: yeah this one always stuck with me I thought of the Charles Manson case where one of the people had run into the backyard and they chased after him and stabbed him out there, and it just kind of made me think of that. And boy, the strength that she had to have to just fight every you know bit to get to her neighbor's house to ask for help, because who knows oh, yeah. when they would have been discovered.
1: I know. Well, I actually drove to this house, and her front steps are maybe 15 feet from her neighbor's windows. So, oh, I,
3: yeah. Good. I it was close.
1: It was so close. The houses were are all so very close together in that neighborhood, but well, yes.
3: What was it like to be parked there looking at that house, knowing what had happened?
1: I have to say, I actually went there and I sat there and I kind of read through the story, and I was there for just maybe a few minutes, and one of the neighbors came out. So, like, you can hear things are extremely quaint there. Did they, they come they out to up. see what they, you were doing? They opened up the door, and I, like, just left because I was like, well, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, Disturb tell them, them what I'm doing.
3: <laughs> sure. Oh, look at that. Well, that sounds like a neighborhood that might really be on alert, so good for them. Yeah. So police seemed to have had a suspect really early on. I mean, within a couple of days they had this guy. They were questioning. What did you ultimately think? I mean, did you think he was the likely guy? You know, he.
1: I, I have been leaning a lot towards him. He seemed like a a really good suspect, and it definitely. I I can tell why that they're leaning towards him. Um, it
3: yeah. was just all smoke. That was the problem. I mean, yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, here's a guy that's been questioned in two other murders, and he knows these people, and the other murders that he was questioned with were done with knives, and mm-hmm. there was just so much smoke, but... You know, that's not enough. I mean, you've probably seen enough cases in your lifetime to know that sometimes people who look really good for something weren't the ones who did it, and if you throw the wrong person in jail, then the right person gets away. Yeah. That was so hard about this case. So you've heard the story. Are there any lingering questions that you would love to ask if you had the opportunity?
1: Yeah, I I would love to know if Margaret was able to speak or say anything to her neighbors or to the paramedics. I know that, you know, she had passed away in the ambulance. Um, And I also wonder if what the conversation was like between the youngest daughter and Margaret uh, when they talked in the kitchen. I think that happened like right before.
3: Right before uh, it happened, right.
1: Yeah, So I I wonder what what they spoke about. I wonder who was at the card party. Was it just family? Was there anybody else there? And did this painter, did he know that they were at the party? Yeah, I, I do have some questions. So...
3: You know, the painter, I wonder if he did, because if it... I remember the article said the people at the card party were family which means maybe her daughter, other daughters were at the party. And since they, one of them lived with this house painter, um, you know, he would have access to that information. I was not clear on how he got into the house. I did see one story that said that the police thought he might have been hiding in the garage. Yes, I saw that But even then he would not have attacked them right away because she had to have time to go into her house and get into her nightgown and place that phone call to her daughter so would somebody be hiding in the garage and not doing anything for the next hour and a half
1: i don't know maybe they maybe they came home maybe it was just a burglary you know maybe maybe they just came home too early maybe and then the the killer just or the burglar didn't know what to do I I don't know
3: yeah hey the psychic what did you think about that
1: I thought it was really interesting that she was able to find the knife that they were that she was able to help him find the the knife that belonged to to the barber
3: man You know, the police chief sounded really impressed with whatever information. I wish I had the details, because if I say, oh, you know, I'm looking for a knife in a kitchen drawer, and then they go to the suspect's house and say, hey, we found a knife in the kitchen drawer, then, you know, that's no big deal. But obviously, however she described it to them, they were duly impressed with the way they found it, because the police chief even did a TV show with her so that they could wow. talk about how this happened. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. Do you do you believe in psychics or at least try to keep an open mind about them?
1: I do keep an open mind. I, I think it is interesting. And I wonder if this painter did he have a mustache, you know? Right. I guess she had a vision of a man with a mustache. So, yes. I don't know. So maybe they were impressed
3: I wish we knew that, too. There's little things like that. I'm like, why didn't the newspaper reporters of the time ask these questions? Because I could not find an answer to that either. Right. All right.
1: So I I do know that they lived behind the Portage Lake State Park, and he was an avid fisherman. I I was thinking possibly maybe it was somebody that he fished with. Like these were such nice people and I'm sure he went fishing and met people and maybe it was a, a guy that he met fishing and he said, he told him where he lived. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's so strange.
4: History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On conflicted,
3: It sounds to me like you're leaning toward the idea that whoever killed them definitely knew them.
1: Definitely. Most definitely knew them. I mean, crime doesn't happen in New Franklin, this Manchester school district. Like, it doesn't happen. So um, it definitely had to have been somebody that knew them. I really am strongly feeling that way. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, not any family or any close friends like that. I just, I think it's somebody that knew how sweet and kind and nice they were, and that maybe they, they had something that they wanted. I I don't know.
3: And since they had just got home and were still moving about the house, there would have been lights on in the house. And if you were just a burglar and you want to burgle a house, wouldn't you probably pick a house that's dark where you think, well, maybe these people are asleep and I can sneak in? Would you pick a house yeah. that has lights on and appears to be active? I, you know, I'm not, yeah, I think I'm with you. I think it's somebody who had to know them. Yeah. yeah, That poor family, I mean, even five years after this happened, they were talking about how they had bars on their windows and extra locks on their doors. If you really believe that the person who killed your loved ones is somebody that knew the family, you would have to be looking over your shoulder every day, right? Because you don't even know what the motive is.
1: I know. So sad what this does to families. So sad.
3: So speaking of motive, you know, it's hard for me to believe it was a burglary. I mean, he walks away with a couple of Hummel figurines and a wallet. So what would cause somebody to come in and do this. I mean, it was just so, seemed so personal and so brutal, but I didn't hear, I didn't read anything about there being an argument with somebody or, I don't know, what could the motive be?
1: I, You know, I it's hard to say. Some of those Hummel figurines though are worth over a thousand dollars, but it's so weird that her wedding ring was untouched. That's so weird. And so maybe the person that that knew them, like didn't want to touch the wedding ring because it was special. I, I don't know, but oh, that's say, a good point.
3: But it seemed really personal, didn't it?
1: it? It's so personal. I mean, these people were just such nice, kind people, and the family just were they were such a good family. I just—I can't imagine who would would want to hurt them. I—I
3: I don't know. I am really hopeful that they're going to solve this someday because apparently they do have, I mean, if the news article was right, they do have DNA evidence. And boy, I it, it would sure be nice to bring this family some closure. That would be wonderful, yes.
1: I wonder if they've gone and, and done any testing with any of, of that DNA that they have found.
3: I can't imagine they wouldn't have. I mean, this house painter became a car salesman, and he was alive until just five years ago. So they certainly right. had the opportunity, but nothing was written about it. But I got to believe that, that they did, and maybe it ruled him out or was just maybe. inconclusive. Well, Beth, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your insights into this case.
1: Thank you, Paula and Steve. Thank you so much for having me. This was great.
2: That's it for tonight, folks. Be sure to check out our website, ohiomysteries.com, for photos, links, and more on this and every episode. That brings us to tonight's featured
3: musical artist. Blossom Hall is a duo, Nancy Periscopoulos and Phil Cotter of Cincinnati. You can learn more about them and their music at their website, blossomhall.com. And while you're at it, go on over to social media and follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The pair write most of their songs together, and tonight's song is a Christmas original just released
2: this month. We played a clip of Midnight Mass at the start of the podcast. Settle back and enjoy the rest of that song. And we'll meet you here next week for another episode of Ohio Mysteries.
1: Starts a little late My taste Every night it's holy I don't know what I believe It's up to you, I don't know what I believe.